welcome to the Sonic Velocity of Harmony radio show and podcast. A journey into the mysticism of music and sound with your host, musician, author, and Sufi mystic, Secunder Scott Von Hill. Hey guys, welcome to the Sonic Velocity of Harmony radio show and podcast. I'm your host, Scott Von Helt, and I'm very excited today to be sitting with a very dear friend of mine, um, somebody that you probably uh, know of and you probably know of my association with, my good friend Brian Head Welch. What's up, buddy? What is going on? Just drinking some organic lemonade and chilling at your house and getting bit by this dog, Baby. That's right. We have a new dog, Baby, and um, so we're going to have to endure that. And also, they're fixing a toilet next door. They might jackhammer and some stuff like that. But hey, (laughs) this is is real. We do it in my dining room. You guys know the drill. Yeah. So, Brian, um, thank you for coming. Um, We've had a really good time for the last 15, 20 minutes here catching up and talking about some real spiritual encounters and experiences. And yeah, I was just reading through the book last week. I got in on that early promotional deal with your book launch company, and it really touched me, man. I, I... all of this stuff is so close to my heart having been a small small snippet and part of this tale and uh, i'm just really uh really happy to see where you've come i just thought it'd be fun to sit and chat about our time and uh heck yeah we got about a half an hour here to spit back and forth so how you doing good man i um i actually have an interview i didn't tell you this but i have an interview in glendale so oh, that's sweet. why I was emailing you back and forth going, okay, what do you, what's your schedule? What's the evening look like? What's the afternoon? Sweet. So, yeah, I just I swung on by here. It worked out. That's a hop, skip, and a jump. Not yep, far. Totally. So, cool. Baby keeps biting my fingers. Baby's biting his fingers. Hey, baby. So, Brian just released a book um, called With My Eyes Wide Open, Miracles and Mistakes on My Way Back to Corn. And um, just to kind of jump in, you know, um, I was very fortunate that I was um, chosen to be one of the guitar players in Brian's first solo project. Um, I wasn't the original guitar player, as you'll read in the book. What's up with that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but you did pay me a nice compliment and say that I was a better guitar player, so I appreciate that. Well, it's true. I mean... You mean the original as far as, like... The, the guy whole, that went to Manton. Yeah. 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 He, uh... Well, I forget how that all worked out, but it worked out exactly how it was supposed to be. Now, yeah, it did. That's and all I know. The, oh, the interesting part... You probably remember this letter. I'm going to share this real quick because I haven't shared this in a podcast yet, and it's relevant. So, um, when I first heard that Brian was looking for bandmates, I had a, a friend that worked at uh, MI... Uh, Musicians Institute in Hollywood, and he called me up and told me, he said, hey, these, they're doing YouTube auditions. You should put something together. So literally between that call and the next day, I got a call from Head's manager at the time, uh, Carl, I believe, and uh, Gary, oh, Gary, and uh, was told that, uh, you know, hey, you might be a good fit for this band, and would you come out and uh, do it? Would you do a YouTube audition and put something up, send us a link? So I did, and I ended up, uh, you know, putting that together and sending it off, and then, you know, watching Facebook, or I think it was a MySpace at the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they, they gosh, making, yeah. Making the announcement on MySpace. And uh, I, I ended up seeing about a month later that they'd hired a guy, and first thing I saw, lead guitar from Sandusky, Ohio, which is where I'm from, Andrew Gerald. And I'm like, Andrew Gerald? Who's this dude? That's not me. And, uh, <laughs> it's like someone playing a trick on yeah, you. Yeah, huh? it was like a cruel <laughs> joke, and I... And um, so I'm sitting in my little studio apartment and I was really broken down because I had a week before um, 
even auditioning, I played at a Chinese restaurant for like three people, and it was my wife oh, and like yeah. two of my best friends. You I know, it was that. one of those kind of things. And having kind of had a lot of ups and downs myself, just trying to make it in music, and you know, coming from small town Ohio where I had all these big dreams and aspirations, coming out here, hooking up with some guys that you know, like Ivan from White Zombie, and we had some really cool things going, but nothing ever just turned into anything. And, right. and I was really waiting for that break, you know, and. Um, so anyway, I found out I didn't get the gig, and I, I was really upset about it, and I just kind of did something I never do. I was crying. I'm very emotional, as Brian can tell you. I and, am, too. Uh, I just I got down on my knees, and I just I got out a pad and paper, and for some reason I prayed to God in the form of a letter, and um, I wrote this very letter here, which I will share now. Dear God, I wanted to take a moment to talk to you in a manner much differently than we usually do. I know that we have an inseparable bond and you've answered so many of my prayers that I can't begin to express my level of gratitude to you for the ceaseless love and guidance you've given me my whole life. I've never been more alive and awakened than I've been these last few years that I've been here in California. I'm truly blessed with an incredible wife, an amazing family, and a wealth of spiritual growth that far exceeds anything I could have ever imagined. Again, thank you from the depths of my heart. But my real reason for writing you this letter is to hopefully find some answers to some questions that you've been that have been painfully burning inside me for quite some time now. As we've been created in your image, I'm hopeful that as the thoughts escape my mind through the tip of this pen, that you may at the same time help me understand where I may have gone wrong. So here's my issue. You've guessed it. My music career. Where do I fit into the mix? No pun intended. <laughs> I even wrote that in my letter to God. No See? pun intended. It's being real. He, yeah, it's real. And God knows. He can, he can take a joke. Yep. He, he taught us how to joke. <laughs> exactly. Um, I know that there were many years that I honored and served you with my talents as a young rising rocker, but things seemed to be looking good for a bright future in music. I know that soon after I fell into a dark existence of anger, bitterness, and self-serving ideology, but you always led me to a greater truth and I always followed. I understand that I'm still working night and day to repay my karmic debts from those few painful years, but you delivered me out of the darkness, and I've been basking in the light of your truth. Wait a minute. I just lost my place here. I understand that I'm still working night and day to repay my karmic debts in those of those few painful years, but you delivered me out of the darkness, and I've been basking in your divine light every, mo every moment since. But when it comes down to this music stuff, something's not right, and I need you to help me understand because it is beyond my level of understanding. I've spent over 20 years perfecting my craft, and the whole time I never lost sight of the power of artistic expression. I always tried to spread a message of hope and self-perseverance, even in those dark times. These last few years, my spiritual growth has given me a profound conviction to reach out to others with displaced anger and suffering, to be a living example of how you are the composer and we are merely the instruments. I've effaced my ego, so I thought at that time, <laughs> obliterated the concept of being a rock star, so I thought at that time, <laughs> and decided with all absolution to follow my higher calling wherever it led me. But this 35-year-old, but this instrument is 35 years old, beaten up, broken down, and out of tune. I need a good luthier to construct, re reconstruct me, refret my neck, wind the pickups nice and tight, string me up, and intonate me so that your song will carry through me the way that it was intended. Your music is so intense, so profound, and transformative that it needs to resonate from the depths of the oceans to the peaks of the Himalayas and beyond. I'm playing your song, and my fingers are bleeding now more than ever. God, if you're learning, wow. if you if I'm le learning the notes incorrectly, then give me perfect pitch. If I'm mispronouncing your lyrics, then infuse me with the power of your word. If my amplifier is distorting the purity of your divine sound, then recone my spe speakers and turn off the effects. Mm -hmm. 
I need to know that I'm performing your sacred symphony correctly and expressively. Please send me a new songbook with detailed notation so that I can be that divine expression of you. Then take me on the road with you to tell, me, tell the masses of the beautiful music of the beloved. Raise my voice to stream out to the world that they may also long to be tuned to your frequency of inner peace and love. God, please fix this instrument and play it until it can't be played anymore. Even then, may its sound forever resonate in the hearts of many. I'm yours now and forever, SVH. And one week later, I got a call that Andrew didn't want that gig because he's going to Marilyn Manson. Would I like to come to Phoenix and try out? Yep. That's that's where you we, can't make that's this where stuff we up. started, man. You can't make this stuff up. That's where and we started. I remember your video got lost or something or somehow like I took it down overlooked somehow I took it down that same night you did I took it down that same night that I wrote this letter because I was just pissed and mad because I didn't get the gig and I, don't, I was like it was something to do with like maybe the management or, or something but it was just oh I remember what it was it was cause Andrew had experience I remember in his his uh his bio he played with chester yeah he played in a couple of established bands that's why i remember movies. i was like okay yeah. that guy has he has some experience and i don't gotta be the only one that played in front of big crowds and <laughs> okay but look at that yeah so i mean that that's that's how we started and i went out and um i remember you weren't feeling that good that day you'd hurt your back or something so they were like well head might not show up today i'm like are you kidding me i waited all this time i got here and he's not even coming and he showed up i showed up and I played, I think, half a song, and he's like, so, dude, um, I think you're, you're going to be cool, man. You want you want a gig? You're going to make dozens of dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, that's, that was the, the hard part for me was, well, there's a few hard parts. We didn't know what offers were be, would, would be, what the offers would be, how much people would offer to pay us. We didn't know what kind of tours we could get. All we knew was that there's this guy starting a solo thing and he used to be in corn. That's all we knew. And so people were hopeful. The management, the record label, myself, all of us were hopeful. And I know you guys are getting told things that we're going to make all kinds of money and stuff. And, and people wanted that to happen. But that's just not reality. Yeah. I mean, even singers go and do side projects. And they don't make hardly nothing. Right. I mean, some singers are, but the majority don't make nothing. So a guitar player starting a solo thing, I don't know. But, um, you know, we, we pressed on. We didn't know what was going to happen. And so God answered your letter. Yeah. He answered your prayer. In a big way. And he put you there. And then we had to walk through some stuff, right? It was like a blessing and a big, tell us about like the the... the the back and forth where you were feeling so blessed and grateful and then the days where you were like what the heck's going on you know because we all had those days yeah no it was it was a really an experience and for me i was grateful to be there i i was i mean coming into this i was a huge corn fan i was really influenced by you guys when i moved from ohio to la a few years prior to that and so for me it was like wow to really get to play alongside you and do that it was really exciting and um you know, so yeah, I mean, I was ready to take everything in stride, and, and we, we had our ups, we had our downs. Some of the things that you bring up in the book that are really funny, um, 
the whole thing from the trip to Poland oh, is gosh. the one that comes up. That we this group, these group of guys, these two guys that were, we called them Team Gramps because they were both probably like early 70s you know and they yeah. didn't speak a lick of english and they're driving us like 16 hours across the border through like border patrol guard checks and stuff that and was that was surreal it was really it, it was definitely an experience i'll never forget and that did was you see the dead body year. i did yeah there was a dead body like a, from a motorcycle accident or something on the side of the road through the border of poland or something we got pulled over twice and we had to bribe the police just I forgot to, about to, that. to go yeah for, i left that out team gramps you know is driving First, first Gramps is driving. He's and these guys drove like like retired NASCAR drivers in this oh. like big like one of those um, shuttle vu- buses that you take from the airport like parking structure to the airport. It was one of those kind of things. We had it all packed full of gear and there's like merch and gear and like five of Rudy's keyboards and all this stuff. Oh right yeah, there. and we could barely even sit comfortably. And it's like 16 hour ride in this this thing. And they're driving so out of control, like almost running cars off the road. And it's the first Gramps gets pulled over. And we get to take, he's like, we had to literally like bribe them to Menno had to yes. bribe them. Yes. And, uh, it was crazy. And then about two hours later, the other Gramps is driving. He gets pulled over and it took even longer. And then we got stopped at the border. And I remember the guy coming on, like looking at our passports and stuff. And he looked at me. He's like, I don't think so. I don't know what he meant by that, but he's said that, yeah, that <laughs> he was... smiled when he said it so. he did i think oh, he was just cool. saying i don't think this is the same guy in the picture because i had this big like kind of muslimy beard oh uh, at okay the time. <laughs> he was like well what's this guy all about who's he impersonating right um but yeah i mean i have so many great memories and i know for me like when we played um that are the first exit show in vegas um, was really surreal for me standing on stage and looking out at a full arena oh, and, man. and thinking about like all the times I was in the crowd at Toledo, yeah. Toledo Sports Arena going, I'm going to be that guy someday. And there I was in like a full arena full of people. And it was just a, really an amazing experience. And um, through all the ups and downs, you know, I just, I'd like to publicly just thank you for giving me that experience. And yeah. I worked my whole life to get to that point, as you can see in that letter. And you really gave me that gift of being able to experience my dream and to live it. And, you know, I, I, I remember our last gig, uh, was parachute festival in New Zealand and I was backstage another one of those emotional moments and I'm, a- I'm hugging you and I'm like, dude, if you want to get rid of me, you're going to have to get a restraining order. Cause I ain't never going nowhere. Like, oh, a, yeah. like a month later I quit, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you had to for your family. Yeah. So that was the first thing, but well, thank you. I want to thank you for dealing with my, I mean, I write about in the book, the anger and rage I was going through. I think we all, I mean, Rudy was dealing with it. You, you were we back all, and we forth. We were all raging a yeah. lot, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, right before that exit show, we had a show in uh, uh, Modesto, California. That was about a week before, remember? Well, the, the night before, we played in Tucson. Oh, yeah. And those, Two, 30 like people. like an old Kroger store to like 30 drunks, and the guys didn't pay us. And they were oh, like yeah. threatening we almost got in a our fight. management at the end yeah. of the night. <laughs> there was nuts. almost a fight because they didn't pay us. And uh, yeah, so about a week before, though, I quit. I just was done, remember? You uh, were on a tour bus, and the tour bus was booked. By the way, Kyle, who owned the tour bus. Yeah. He's uh, asking Alexandra's manager, tour manager, and I see him all the time. That's funny. So uh, Small world. Yep. And so, um, yeah, I, I had a breakdown. I wrote about it in my book, and I think I wrote about it in the new book. I wrote about it in my devotional Stronger. And uh, so I was on stage. I had, a, I had a rage fit. Some guy was there that I used to know. He was on meth, and it's just, I don't know, all kinds of stuff that day was just on me. And so I freaked out. 
I walked over and yelled something about your pedal. <laughs> and then I tried to sing Wash My Blood, and I took my mic and I threw it. And I think it almost hit our drummer, Dan. And I, I went to my manager and I said, get me a car. Where's the runner? And so I got in the runner's car. I got in the car and Corn was playing. And so I quit. I text everybody. I said, I quit. I'm going home. And that was it. And I did. I quit. And then, uh, you know, God has other plans. I, I, I was so pissed. I was so pissed. I was like, why do you? Who are you, God? Like, why do you make us go through such yeah. hard things? And then he comes and woos me, like, with just gentleness and kindness and meekness with his love. And then all these, uh, you know, the Tucson show after thinking about it and then the exit show. It just happened. And so we got a gift after that horrible trial. So that's usually how it works. Yeah. No, it was, it was definitely a gift. So... Fast forward, um, how are things back with corn? How how's that going? And and um, I know you've been back a couple of years now, so it seems like you're kind of settling in. I yeah. know I read a lot about how you and James have had some time to kind of reconnect and and spend time yeah. together again. So and and really like me, James and Ray just really went at it. And and uh, a producer that we're going to announce pretty soon. I just they they won't let us announce it yet, but um, he really worked with us, me and James on the guitars and. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it, it was like the first album, it was like, hey guys, you know, kind of awkward, but but cool at the same time, exciting, and hey, ah! I, I haven't been around, I've never hung out with you guys sober ever in my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, baby's drinking my lemonade. Um, and so I've never hung out with them sober in my life, so hey guys, we're all sober. Ah! We started corn together, cool, let's do an album. And so we did the album, and, and I enjoyed it, and we got some cool stuff on there, but you know touring with them and hanging out with them for three years and getting to know everybody was really cool and so we went into this record just as better friends and everything and you could feel it you could feel like the the uh the unity in the band dude there's like from the stuff when we were touring and all the trials we went through and the anger rage whatever you want to call it we went through there's like zero of that in corn cool there's zero it's like everyone's even even me, I can say it to myself. I can say it about myself. I should say, um, I have a, a new level of humility, and it's just like after going through all that stuff, it's like my soul has been transformed into a, just a, a more light instead of corruption, you yeah. know. And so I I have a I have a peace that I can walk through, and everybody else is like humble. They're so humble. They're like, if people are on the, in the band or in the crew, it's like, hey man. Whatever you guys want to do. If this guy likes to drink wine after the show, go have some wine. If this guy wants to smoke like a couple hits of a joint, go do that. If this guy wants to go tell people about Jesus out in the crowd, go do that. Man, whatever makes you guys happy, just do it. That's how it is. Yeah, that's cool. So it's really cool. Yeah. What, what was it like um, having uh, Catfish sit in with you guys? Oh, yeah. Last year. Catfish. That's Scott's... Uh, <laughs> Um, he's he's drummed on your solo stuff. Yeah, a, we hooked up a couple years ago and um, started kind of reform my old Kurai band. Yeah, and, and Abel's a great friend. We really 
we don't get to hang much because he's busy with you guys a lot. Yeah, but, um, he, it was like he was just filling in. Yeah. You know, he didn't want to tour. I don't think right anymore. Uh, well, how I found out, he did like a little promo video, and he was looking for a touring gig or something like that. And I just hit him up and was like, "Hey, man, you know, I just got off this gig with Head, and I'm, you know, I like your stuff. I like your style, and I got some, I got some tunes. You want right. to hear them?" And we just started out real organically like that, and we just started passing stuff back and forth. And the next thing, that's you know, cool. We're a band, so he's a good dude, man. Yeah, Everyone loves the guy. That's cool. And so, uh, yeah, he's. Um, I think he was there. Oh yeah, he came like about a year after I joined, just because our uh, uh, the drum tech got got injured. So and yeah, he stuck it. He stuck through and and that, what I was saying is I don't think he wanted to because he t- he worked with Corn before. Yeah, I think he was trying to get back to doing his own thing. Right, playing. right. You know, he's got a couple of bands. He's got another band called the Gravity Guild he works with. And yeah. um, so between Kurai and Gravity Guild, you know, he's been kind of trying to find our niche and or his niche and yeah. that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it was it was cool to hook up with him. It was cool to see that he got to play with you guys. I was so stoked for him. Yeah, and your guys' stuff sounds awesome. Too. Oh, thanks. So, um, yeah, so it's just we're just going to keep going, man. We got... New record this uh, this summer coming out. Um, really excited about it. Um, it's like it's like to me. It's like we found who what corn was at, when we started out. It's like what is corn? What yeah. do, what do we like to do? And that's just intensity and connection with the live audience. So we wrote songs about what is the crowd going to do? What's the crowd going to do? And this record is totally that. I once saw you guys a couple of years ago at the Wiltern. I think it was your first show there since you'd been back. And oh yeah, it was so it was really exhilarating to see the energy that you guys have together. You know, and I'd seen them a few times without you, and I'd you know obviously yeah. played with you, and so I'd seen the seen you plenty of times before, all is in the in the heyday, and then just to see the evolution and to see you guys back at that place, it was like wow, these guys are so violent on stage. I forgot like <laughs> how, how intense they play, you know. And it was you guys had the cage and everything at that that show. And, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really good to see you back in 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 that fold. And I, I'm really proud of you, and I'm just happy for you Thank and you, Janae man. and where you're at. And you know, I, I will say this about Brian, um, he's not lazy. He, he works hard. You know, he's always been out there sharing his story. He's very honest and he's very open. Um, you know, when, when we were in the band, we always felt that he was very private. Um, and he is, but in his life, but in his books and the things that he puts out there, he really gives it all. And it's, and it's really from the heart. And um, It is. Thank you for that, man. And yeah. I, I don't have any other motivation besides I want people to experience um, that this life isn't the only thing here. You know, it's like we can encounter the next life now. Yeah. And it's like once you get to know that, when you pass over to the next life, you're going to be like, here I am. I'm home. Instead yeah. of like, well, what is this place? What's this you know? new thing? Yeah. Right. So that's I all my motivation. Last little thing. I'll end with this little tidbit. But I, I remember at our first show, the one in Phoenix with the helicopter and all that. Um we were doing sound check, and at some point during sound check, I don't even know what prompted it, but you looked over at me and said, and you, I thought you were mad at me at first, but you're like, you and me, dude, we're a lot alike. And then you just walked away, and I was like, oh, okay. When was that? Our very first um, show at Phoenix, in Phoenix at that um, Christian Youth Center. Oh, yeah, the helicopter? Yeah, with the helicopter. Wee! Were you in the helicopter? I forget, no, or was it Rudy? I, I didn't get that straw. Oh. We, we snuck around behind the building to make it look like we got in the helicopter. Oh, yeah. We came out of the helicopter. So but. we got, yeah. I'll read the book. Forget <laughs> yeah, it. Read a book. book to find out about but the anyway, helicopter. But anyway, I just... Um, I always, I always did feel that we had that connection of wanting that real 
real deep communion with God. That's something that yeah. I'm passionate about. And I, before we started the podcast, I was like, I love God so much it hurts. And I know that Brian knows that. And, yeah. and I really love and respect that about him. I encourage everybody to go out and get Brian's new book, With My Eyes Wide Open. You can get it everywhere. You can hear him read it on iTunes, which I'm oh, sure yeah. is I've read fun. it. I, I did it myself <laughs> this time because last book, if you got it, it was like, some dude going, well, I grabbed my daughter from school and I said, Jenea, let's go do. And I'm like, who the heck is this dude, man? Don't read my. I didn't even know. I didn't know Kay's voice or nothing. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to read it this time. And It'd be cool did. if you got like Mr. T or somebody like that. Yeah. <laughs> Jenea, let's go. Out I, I come pick up my kid from the school. <laughs> That'd be cool. That would be awesome. Well, Brian, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you. I know you're busy. And uh, again, I, I want to thank you for all that you've helped me to achieve in my life. And I appreciate uh, what you do. And just keep, uh, keep being you, man. Right on, man. You I love too. you, brother. I love you too, bro. It's good to come by. By the way, his, his neighborhood and his house is awesome. It's so relaxing and peaceful. And you can't come here. <laughs> hey i love all you all out there thank you for your support seriously it means the world to me Alrighty, thanks for tuning in we'll catch you on the next episode